coming to you from the My Little Falls studio here in beautiful Little Falls, New York. It's your host, Scott Kinville, and another episode of Marty's Illegal Stick. And what's up, hockey fans, and welcome to episode number 37 of Marty's Illegal Stick, recording here on August 4th, 2021. Number 37, there's only one number that really, one player that really comes to mind when I think of that number, and that's got to be Patrice Bergeron. I don't really think of anybody else off the top of my head. If you guys can, please let Isn't me know. Is there a 37 in Detroit? In Detroit right now? No. Or was there? Was there. Um, I know Franzen was 39. Oh, maybe that's what I was thinking. Johan Franzen? That's what I might might have been thinking of. Yeah, well, you know what? We'll think about this about 3 o'clock in the morning. That's when we'll <laughs> So anyways, we got a great show lined up for you tonight. We've got a very interesting guest. This is going to be a, a different form of hockey we're going to talk about today. But before we bring him in, I want to bring our panel in. Uh, first of all, uh, Gumper is missing again this week. No Gump. Gump, if anybody doesn't know, is a big NASCAR fan. And here in central New York, uh, we're kind of, kind of close to Watkins Glen International Raceway. It's about two and a half hours away. And Gumper is on his way down there now for a big party weekend. So, um... <laughs> Gump may not may not be the same when he comes back, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> but safe travels and have a good time, Gump. Uh, anyways, in the studio with me though, just so I'm not so lonely in the room, I got my buddy, my producer, Dave the Save Warner. What's up, bud? I'm just trying to imagine your dad coming down from a weekend in Watkins Glen and partying. I don't know what that looks like for him. You know what? You might be able to write a story about that someday. <laughs> yeah, I think so. For my little falls, because yeah, that's yeah. Uh, <laughs> quite interesting. Yep. <laughs> uh, well, and we got uh, we got our usual panel back this week. You know, mm. uh, Shakutami made his uh, guest appearance last week, but we got our regulars back this week. First of all, I'm going to bring in the professor, Jeremy Roberts. What's up, buddy? How you doing? Not too bad. What's happening? Oh, not so much. You know, enjoying the weather. Love the allergy season back again. Oh, isn't it great? That's awesome. It is. Awesome. But you know what? It's the little things. I see you got the sign behind you. <laughs> we had to get that out of the way early. <laughs> <That's it. Yeah. laughs> I'm telling you, I, I, you know, in a, in a, in a couple of weeks or, you know, in, a, in a, like a month or two, we're going to have to have uh, Dale come back on because he's going to get a be he's going to be getting a nice little surprise soon enough. You know what? You schedule it and we'll make it happen. How's that? That would work. That would work. <laughs> And also joining us back, he's been he's been away for a little while. He's been uh, doing uh, work things, you know, because everybody around here's got to work, you know, because we want to eat. <laughs> since I, since I pay so well, how does that work <laughs> again? I pay so well, I don't. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyways, the doctor of hockey, Doctor Keith Levitino. What's happening, buddy? Oh, nothing. Last day of summer school tomorrow. That's a good thing. Oh, that's that is good. Yep, kids did a great job and. Each and every day, I keep checking the rumor mill to see where my man Tara Zanko uh, is going to show up. Hopefully, uh, we have a shot on Long Island. But besides that, that's the world. Uh, I keep seeing it's down between the Rangers and the Islanders. I don't get the Rangers. I, not, not because I hate them. I just don't see it. <laughs> not because I hate them. <laughs> just say you hate them. I, <laughs> you can yeah, say I, it. Uh... <laughs> it's, it's just like, you know, that kid that always... You got a 99 on your fourth grade spelling bee and he got a hundred. That's the Ranger. We like to call it, you know, the big brother and little brother syndrome. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> however, if you were to prorate the years of existence in Stanley Cups one, the Islanders have a much better, higher percentage. That's and I, I knew that was coming. Yeah. So did I. So did I. <laughs> well, well, you guys should have won this year. 
Well, you know, we'll, yeah. we'll have you guys battled out in segment two because I think we're actually going to cover that. So <laughs> get ready, folks. Anyways, I'm going to bring in our guest. Uh, our guest is the founder of the Empower Play Project, which is uh, an organization that is uh, basically helping to put deck hockey rinks all over the country, uh, including he's helping us uh, eventually get one here, here in central New York. Uh, I want to bring in Mr. Kelly Kalkman. What's up, bud? Greetings. How are you? <laughs> I'm uh, I'm doing well considering. Considering, uh, are you uh, okay? considering, considering the world, considering uh, recent <laughs> surgery, considering uh, uh, business at hand, considering I'm talk- I'm talking to you. Uh. <laughs> oh, there's why. Well, I was going to say. I was going to say. I hope that's a good part of your day. <laughs> it, is, it is actually one of the best parts of my day. Is uh, is I get to talk to you because I know we're going to talk about. Uh, putting kids uh, uh, into the programs and, uh, and and creating access for those who didn't have it before. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Kelly, we're going to start with a little bit of background info. Now, you live in Southern California. How did you get into hockey? Well, actually, um, you'd think I got into hockey from a heritage standpoint. I was actually born in Montreal, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I didn't play much hockey there, and I moved to Southern California when I was really young. Uh, uh, my dad was American, brought us here. I was actually supposed to be born here. Uh, and it was only because of uh, circumstance that I was born there. But that's not the reason. <laughs> uh, you, you know, growing up in Southern California, hockey is almost impossible to play. Uh, logistically speaking, uh, lack of ice. Not that it, I mean, that's a problem all around the country, but you can imagine it's, it's, it's uh, exaggerated here in the West. And, uh, you know, it was only about seven or eight years ago uh, that I was uh, reintroduced to hockey and uh, realized uh, that it wasn't love in my life that was missing. It was the sport. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, so, uh, and, and, and so then that's, that's pretty much how I, when I got back into hockey and how this whole craziness started uh, with the Empower Play Project. Well, that's really cool. And, and you know, it's funny when I was coming up with the outline for the show, I'm saying I'm coming up with these questions. Right. And I'm like, I already know the answer to these. But for so if you're looking at me like, Scott, you know, the answer to this question. But it's like I want our, our listeners to be able to to understand the no, full picture as well. Yeah, uh, okay. You know, you said you grew up in Montreal. Uh, you were telling us the other day that you were on hand for a pretty historic goal there. I was uh, the John Bellavo's 500th and um which is interesting because I don't really, I didn't really spend that much time with my father, so I don't even know how I got there. But I, I did wind up uh, at that game, uh, which was spectacular in itself. Uh, but also the kids, uh, if you recall from the story, uh, many—I don't know how many families were actually invited back uh, a couple of weeks later uh, to the, commemorate the 500th goal. And by this time, they had produced a bunch of you know memorabilia and posters and. And uh, so I have this package, not only from the night, uh, but from the uh, commemorative, the memorial night uh, uh, of this uh, uh, monumentous occasion. Uh, and I have all the, you know, probably two or three posters and a bunch of pucks. I actually got a, I have a puck from that game. Obviously not the 500th goal because that did not want <laughs> But some errant, you know, shot. From I can't remember who it was, Steve Shutt, I believe, because uh, he scored a bunch of goals that night as well, uh, and uh, and that's how that's how I wound up with a puck from the night 
of the 500th goal, but not the 500th goal puck. Yeah, and being at the Montreal Forum on top of it, man, that's just, that's incredible. That was a, you know, I, I do have a lot of fond memories. Like, I didn't grow up in Montreal. I sort of brought up a little bit in Montreal. I grew mm-hmm. up out here. Uh, but I had some, still had some family in those days there. So uh, we did return, you know, once or twice a year. And there was always something to do at the Forum. I saw a lot of, my first concert ever uh, was Jeffro Tull. Nice. Oh, wow. <laughs> nice. So, um, you know, that was that was a really big – I mean, it was the spot. But I remember, like, you know, getting even baseball. I mean, I saw a bunch of games at Jerry Park. Uh, you know, it was, a, it was a pretty spectacular time in the, uh, you know, late 60s in, in Montreal. I don't know what the hell happened afterwards. Don't blame me. But uh, <laughs> uh, it, was, it was a pretty special place, um, you know, yeah. uh, during that time, for sure. So you probably, if you went to Expos games at that time, you probably saw actually an Illion New York native, uh, Bootsy Day, played for the, the Expos at that time. I do remember. I remember all the original guys. Uh, well, first of all, what, a little known fact about the Expos is, well, in, even further back, the Montreal Royals. We don't. I know this is not about that, uh, but I do know there's a bunch of sports nuts here. They used to call Montreal the greatest farm system in the world uh, because everybody who's anybody played for the Royals or the Expos, mm-hmm. including Jackie Robinson. Sure. He started yep. a career in, in, at the Royals. So it, it, an interesting, uh, um, you know, place. Again, I don't know what happened in the 70s after we left, <laughs> but it was a pretty spectacular uh, place to be. Uh, I do have lots of fun sporting memories uh, 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 of uh, early childhood. I'm making it seem like I'm like 90, but uh, <laughs> when I was uh, whatever I was, six to you know six to nine years old, essentially six to ten, uh, pretty formative years for me, sports wise. Uh, definitely has a, a a big play of why I'm such a sports nut, but uh, uh, it was a good place to be. A good place to be. I do, of course. I mean, uh, Rusty Staub, uh, sure. Of course. Speaking of uh, Long Island, uh, Gary Carter, uh, you know, uh, all those years the Mets started his career, uh, the Hawk. Yeah. He goes on and on and on. Tim Raines, Tim Wallach. Dawson. Yeah, that's that's awesome. That is Randy Johnson. Yeah. Larry Walker. Got to start there. Amazing. uh, You know, no, no, no joke why they called it, you know, the greatest farm system there ever was. And you know uh, it's it's so sad the Expos ended up moving. It is sad, uh, but uh, that has a lot to do with the sort of obviously the politics and the uh, and the and, the, and, the, and the, just the difficulties uh, of just doing business uh, in in Quebec. Right. Uh, it's just very very difficult to do business there. Yeah, that's too so, bad. Uh, I I can relate to exactly what you're saying. I went to college in Plattsburgh. Oh wow. Yeah. Jeez, I remember shopping. I remember shopping in Plattsburgh. Yeah, Champlain Centers, North and South. It was these absolutely. I mean, you know, price chopper. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> to go. So when I was a grad student, I put myself to a grad. My mother put me through undergrad, but I was a hall director and I was in charge of a dorm, kind of like being a superintendent of a dorm. And one of the responsibilities was to organize bus trips to events. So I would organize them to the Canadians Islanders and Mets Expos. And oh, wow. I, I don't. I can't remember. Fu- you would have standing room seats at the form. You were like just the first section up, like you were right on the ice. 
$4 for a second row Expos ticket to see the 86, 87, 88 Mets that era. $4 to get into the game, second row on the third base side. I mean, it was just phenomenal. So yeah. I can relate. Well, that you're already talking about Olympic Stadium. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yes, Olympic yeah. Stadium. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because uh, before that, it was Jerry Park, which was literally sitting on the field. Uh, <laughs> that, that, but the Olympic Stadium was a was one of their problems. It, it was not built for baseball. No. So, so inevitably, if they didn't do what you're talking about, which was pe putting people literally on the field, you were sitting like a couple of football fields away. Right. You couldn't <laughs> see. Any, you know, you, you couldn't see. Any, I mean, what's a baseball game without seeing the first baseman go to his notes? Yeah. So uh, <laughs> you couldn't see any of that. You couldn't see guys grab their crotch. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> All the good parts of the game, right? All the, yeah. Is there another part of baseball? And it's funny to bring up the form. Spitting out right. their shoe. Yeah. Scott, Scott, did I tell you this? A couple shows ago, we were talking about Montreal, the form, and I looked up the form. I was getting sentimental. Do you know it's still there? Like, I thought that I didn't know what, and it's like an, a movie theater, like a massive mall mini movie theater. Yeah, yeah it's part of a like complex, a, it's yeah. Like a, right? Yes. Well, as, as it would happen, uh, in a related story, um, uh, I hadn't been there in, in decades. I did a, a couple of concerts and festivals there in the early 2000s uh, with Vans Warp Tour, but I hadn't been to Montreal in a very, very long time. And uh, my daughter was looking at schools, this is whatever this was, six years ago, and uh, she got accepted to a bunch of schools, had decided on King's College in London, and then a bunch of stuff started happening in Europe. And we're like, uh, can you maybe take a look at some of the schools you got like <laughs> on the mainland? And she did. She We went to, we visited uh, Carnegie Mellon, and I think she went to Princeton, and, and, and McGill. She got accepted to McGill oh, wow. uh, as well. So we went there, and it was my first time in a very, very long time that I got to see the city. Uh, and it was... Uh, so I, I, I had to go to St. Catherine and check out the forum. I, I was just so dumb. I didn't even realize. And it's like this giant flea market. It's, it's not even uh, – it's amazing that that place is just – it's not the forum anymore uh, at all. And um, so way to, way to screw up all my childhood memories, Montreal. <laughs> yeah, but at least it's not a parking lot now, though. That's – Right. You know – well, that is true. Yeah. One time after a Forum Islander game, we went to this bar right next door to the Forum after the game. And I'll never forget, some lovely young ladies came up to us. Are, are you live in Montreal with their accent? And we're like, no, we're from New York. And I'll never forget the one goes, oh, you American boys. I'm like, boy, am I in the right city? No doubt about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, you well, that, that night, you I became French Canadian, right? And how broke were you by the time you got back across the border? Is my question. Yeah, I, mean, I think it didn't matter because I walked. <laughs> yeah, I, I, mean, I love Plattsburgh. Was a great uh, part of my childhood. I yeah. mean, you know, that's literally that's where my parents shopped. Right, that was so, it. I, I, like I said, my I was supposed to be born in the states. My whole family's from New York. Right. Uh, you know, but we had few. My, that's where my parents shopped. My sister, uh, right after that, uh, moved to uh, the other side of Lake Champlain. She moved to Burlington. Vermont, so yeah. It, my, all my, the rest of the family grew up in Vermont. And, uh, but I loved, uh, Plattsburgh was, uh, was a big part of my childhood. Yeah, beautiful area. 
It is. It really is. Yeah. A lot of bugs, but other than that, you know. <laughs> that's really cool. I didn't know that. I didn't know all that, Kelly. So I just learned something new every day. That that's really cool. You know. Well, you know what they say if you stop learning every day, right? Well, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Goes without saying. <laughs> oh, you know. <laughs> so you, you said you moved out of Montreal when you were a youngster. So you came to Southern California, and I'm assuming that was before the Gretzky trade that brought basically hockey hysteria to Southern California. It was. I moved to, uh, I think, Rogie Vashon was still playing by when we uh, oh, wow. moved yeah, to California. So way before uh, that era, just, just after the uh, 72 expansion uh, is the, the next time we, we – I can't remember. Uh, I actually permanently moved here in 75, I believe, 76. But my dad was, again, back and forth uh, for – years before that so uh yeah way before gretzky so right but i was always a you know on the, again on the periphery i i always loved hockey i just it was a bandwidth thing sure you know and i grew up uh this of course is a nice good segue into into deck and ball hockey uh but uh you know i don't care who you were you know uh if you're over the age of 35 or 40 years old you played some sort of deck hockey mm-hmm. in gym uh, it had a hundred different names: bagel hockey, donut hockey, stick hockey, broom hockey, uh, on and on. Uh, but it was still hockey. Uh, so it's always been in my world. It's just it was a bandwidth thing, uh, you know. And I grew up playing basketball and, and uh, a lot of basketball and a lot of football and baseball. Naturally, when I had kids, that's what I introduced them to, and that's what I wound up coaching them in. And, uh, and it just hockey was just on that sort of the, sure. the back, I guess, was being stored in my mind and, and on the periphery. Sure. Uh, I mean, I could always tell you, like, who was in the playoffs or something like that, but not the nuances. And I still can't keep up. As you know, uh, my partner, one of my partners here and uh, sits on the board of Empower Play, is, uh, one, is the founder of Ice Hockey in Harlem. And, uh, Craig, yep. And that's Craig Stanton. And Craig is ridiculous. And again, man is a, uh, I mean, don't play Trivial Pursuit with me because you'll lose. <laughs> but, but playing hockey Trivial Pursuit with him, I mean, it's like, I, I, I've just never seen a mind like that. Pick, never mind stats and, and uh, you know, players and, and injuries and, Tell you when the guy was divorced, and, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> who signed his agency contract? I mean, it's like uh, you know, just things that are just ridiculous. But uh, it was all, you know. Again, hockey's always been there. It wasn't much of a reboot for me seven years ago. But uh, so you're basically saying don't have him on the trivia show because he's just going to clean up. Is that? <laughs> I'm telling you, people do not like to play. You know, pop culture. I have like millions of pieces of data of useless data in my mind and but his specifically on hockey is is uh is so far i've seen unmatchable uh, <laughs> and he and because of he's also a big communications magnet mm-hmm. that's what he does uh, he's a big pr guy uh so you know it just is constantly being asked to to uh join podcasts and things like that of that nature because he just can speak so well, not only intelligently but eloquently on the subject, and uh, and and then his son's name is Chase, but his middle name 
is Ranger. Say <laughs> no more. Well, I wonder who he likes. Say <laughs> no more. So who just recently, who just recently uh, against his own will, moved to Long Island for, uh, <laughs> to better his life for his children. So. To better his life for his children, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> So Keith, when we have Craig on, we'll we'll make sure that that's a show that you can't make, so we don't have to have you guys two two guys going at it. So that's that's quite all right. Well, that's okay because I got Maylocks upstairs. It's no big deal. <laughs> Get a bigger bottle. That's all I can tell you. Yeah. <laughs> on that note, I'm going to cut out. I got to take my daughter, guys. Nice meeting you. All right, Pleasure, Keith, take care. All right, see you. Right, we'll see, see you guys soon. All, all right. right, thank you. So Kelly, I mean, I obviously know the answer to this question, and you, of course, know the answer to the question. But just for our our listeners out there. What exactly is deck hockey, and how does it differentiate from ice hockey? Other than the fact that you're obviously, you know, not on ice, but is there any other nuances that are uh, unique to deck hockey? There are a few sort of just minor issues, but it's hockey. There's no difference. In fact, uh, the biggest difference, obviously, playing that uh, instead of seven hundred dollars skates, a kid's getting to play in his tennis shoes that he's been wearing in all day. Uh, right. That's the biggest difference. But deck and ball, there are a few differences between ball and deck uh, with regards to the blue line. Uh, but they're, they're, the sport is exactly the same. Uh, deck and ball is essentially the same uh, sport. And, and ice is just the big brother, you know, the, uh, the, the superstar of the sport. But, uh, you know, uh, they are essentially the same sport, uh, which is why it's been so frustrating uh, uh, for so many years uh, to create that proper transition. Uh, and one of the reasons we actually started uh, the Empower Play uh, project uh, many, many years ago. Uh, so, um, I mean, I could jump right into that if you want to. Absolutely. You know, we started, um, I had a friend. I, I personally, as, as you know, Scott, I build brands and, and, and companies and ancillary <laughs> dreams for artists. And I've been a you know, producer and basically in the entertainment industry my whole life. Uh, but, uh, a very, very dear friend of mine who I've done many, many projects with over the years, um, about eight years ago, uh, it called me, he had purchased about 10 or 12 patents in hockey, uh, items and dashboard systems and ice making and HVAC. And just, I don't know where he was going with this. Uh, but he called, he was looking actually for an ancillary business for his own industry and his own business, which was design and build. He had a successful design and build company in New England, uh, from custom homes all the way to commercial uh, real estate properties and and football fields and things of that nature. And he was looking for an ancillary product uh, to to complement his business. And uh, he he just happened to be a hockey nut. Tennis courts were dead. Pools are are kind of a waste of money in that in that uh, 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 part of the world. Uh, and, and he was a hockey nut. So he thought he was going to, you know, somehow get the wealthy, uh, uh, areas, uh, to build these rinks. And he called me and, uh, needed uh, some help putting a company together and a brand together. I put a small team on it to help him develop the uh, nomenclature and obviously the assets and the designs and the mission statements and things that we do of that nature. And that's literally what got me involved in hockey again. I was like, oh, well, you know, let me watch hockey. And, and of course, I was hooked immediately and, and uh, or hooked again immediately, no matter how you look at it. I uh, invited my son to watch a couple of uh, games with me. He was hooked. 
And that's how the whole thing started. And, and as I, the more I watched, the more I realized there was a huge problem in hockey. And, and that was the introduction. And how were we going to grow the sport? <laughs> Seven games in, I'm only how we're going <laughs> to. Uh, it was typical of me. Uh, and uh, so it's like, you know, I, I saw this major, major problem. And, and, and quite frankly, it was, it was, it was the economics don't work. Uh, you, you know, it's the most expensive sport on earth. Nothing even comes close. If you take out the, you know, the very exclusive and, and rare uh, memberships of golf or, or the exclusive downhill skiing, you know, it, nothing comes close. You're talking about like a $3,500 to $5,000 uh, you know, investment for your five-year-old kid. You don't even know if his ankles are going to come off the ice. That's just gear. That's just gear. <laughs> Look you at know, Jeremy Knott. He knows all about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, I know I'm preaching to the choir. So I, can feel, I can feel more gray-haired. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, if you've got oh, gray hair, I'm telling you, that Christian formula. Is <laughs> so I want to know that secret. But, you know, that's the truth. It's economics that are the problem here. When you're talking about a you know, rural family or a mom in the inner city trying to figure out how she's going to pay for $150 Jordans. She's not thinking about $600 skates. It's it's just, you know, and again, that's just the gear. Never mind the economics of hockey itself. Buying a building today is going to be in the millions. And then the HVAC systems and the maintenance itself could be a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. It's just no wonder we cannot create a pure funneling system from the deck from the street to the, the the big game itself there's no sure and, and again, as we were just talking about earlier i don't care who you are if you're already average of 35 40 years old you played some sort of deck hockey in the gym you know you you know again and it just when we got to like fifth grade they started pushing us out into the games that were already a bit more little more involved not involved sorry but more developed right and those again because of the economics yep. how are they going to this kid's loving the game, but how can we? Where, where's he going to play? Where's the ice? And I don't. I know that you guys, you know, six months of the year, uh, all of a sudden have an expansion of rinks everywhere. But that's <laughs> that's that's you know flood and freeze, yeah. and it's six months of the year. So for the rest of the year, you're just like the West Coast. We have nowhere to play, uh, or or very little, you know, areas to play. So that's where the whole impetus came from. And before I knew it, I was doing studies. We spent about a quarter of a million dollars in due diligence and focus groups over about a year and a half period developing Empower Play and developing the products and developing the ideology. And before I knew it, I wrote a, a thesis on how to fix hockey. Uh, again, just like me, the knucklehead, to just take it upon myself. <laughs> and, uh, and, and because of my good fortune and who I am in my own industry, I was able to get to the echelon of hockey uh, and talk to the NHLPA and and, and, and the Batmans of the world and and uh, and cohorts and the echelon and, and and I was introduced to leadership and a bunch of teams and before I knew it I was helping to write uh, some grant language uh, for an IGF which is uh, uh, an IGF grant and the IGF for those of you who don't know is the industry growth fund it's a uh, a fund that the NHL specifically the NHL and NHLPA put together uh, which allows all the teams to buy for dollars for specific programs, uh, grant dollars. Uh, and, and, and at that time, it was the usual suspects, technology, safety, marketing, CSR, corporate, spo- corporate social responsibility, and things of that nature. And, and of course, this fit right in 
uh, it was, uh, uh, and, and that's how it all got started. And, um, and you know, Scott, I've told you this story. I mean, funny enough, I'm from Southern California, raised in Southern California. I, my, you know, roots are here now and, uh, my kids and everybody else was born here. And, uh, and, but I did not get to develop my first rinks in, uh, Southern California. It was just there wasn't any room, or right. uh, I got them in Arizona, and I got them in New York, and I got them in Pacific Northwest, and I, I, I got them in uh, New Jersey, and and I went where the opportunities were. Uh, but the very fact is uh, that my very first meeting, uh, to the very first meeting, with telling somebody who I, what I was going to do, and was with Luke Robitaille. That's uh, <laughs> so awesome. That's awesome. Uh, all those years ago, and. Uh, uh, the, and the funniest thing is, is because you know he, his jaw dropped and he loved it, of course. And, but my first opportunity was in London, Ontario, and he looked right at me. He's like, "Well, this is awesome, but how's that going to help me?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and of course, it, it could not at that time. And I had to develop enough of the ideology to actually make it make sense mm-hmm. uh, in those times. So, but I was very, very fortunate and humbled by the experience and got a lot of information out of that. And understood exactly a little bit more of uh, uh, from that uh, uh, echelon um, position, you know, what they were looking for. And I learned a lot about the NHL and, and the very good things they do and the, and the very difficult things they do. And and one of those is they're not really in the game, you know, quote unquote, of, of the growth of the sport. They're in the game of professional hockey. It's, right. It's different. It's very difficult and it's very different. And they don't have the bandwidth. It's, it's not a desire. And, and, and it's just they don't have the bandwidth right. and, and so that you you need the groups like us to come around and help, you know, stitch this all together. At the end of the day, we're not reinventing the wheel. We're just putting all the best wheels together. Mm-hmm. We're like Oz. We're stitching everything together and, and making it all work from the actual state of the art ranks uh, to the ideology itself. Uh, to the to the refereeing and certification, and that's why we partnered with the USABH uh, as the governing body of the sport. You have to think of them as USA Hockey, right. everything off ice is USABH, and we're helping them position them as the good housekeeping seal of approval. And now it's this we created together the EMP USABH Alliance, which is this one stop shop. So not only is it we're put, putting people into business and creating rinks all over the country. Uh, but we're also creating the sustainable programming and the sustainable business model behind it that allows all this to continue. And that's why everything's coming together right now, including the NHL and AHL teams and ECHL and all the leagues around the country and and all the parents and and, and municipalities, because it does make sense. It's a very cost-effective way uh, to... To, to develop the sport, to grow the sport. At the end of the day, it's about access. And that's what we're doing. We're creating access. You create it for those who don't know it exists or have no means to get it, and you've got a rep- recipe for success. That's and for awesome. us, very, very simple. You know, I, I, I've got a million analogies, as you know, Scott, of why this stuff works from the way, from the actual business model itself. Uh, to the fact that if you just, you know, 120, if you just do the, very plain, you don't have to be a brain surgeon to realize that 125 years ago, there was no mitt in the Dominic, in Dominican. And now it's a breeding ground for the greatest baseball players on earth. Yeah. Yep. We have 100,000 of those same kind of neighborhoods mm-hmm. right here in North, in North America. We have no way of introducing the greatest sport on earth to them. 
right. because right. of the cost involved. Right. And that's all we did. We took these great elements that have already been existed. We improved on everything. And now we put it together in a package. And that's why it works. You know, and that's that's so interesting. And, you know, the thing is, the more you talked about that, the more I got to thinking, you know, sports that the big sports in this country, other than hockey, so like baseball, football, soccer, basketball, they have an inherent built in advantage in the fact that to be able to play those sports, all you really have to be able to do is to walk or run. Whereas if you're going to play ice hockey, that's an entirely different skill set in itself. And to be perfectly honest with you, there aren't a lot of places in this country that have access to indoor ice. Like, for instance, I mean, we, we're in upstate New York. I'm in, Dave and I are in Little Falls. Well, yeah, you would think upstate New York, right along the throughway, man, you guys got to have hockey right there in your town, right? We don't. The closest ice rink to us is about 25 miles away. You know, there's a few up in Oneida County, of course. But, I mean, it's not as though it's something that kids, you know, in, in this community can say, hey, I'm going to go to the rink for the day or I'm going to, you know, be a part because it's simply not there and this is such a, such a great thing that the empower play project does because you know what if you if you get young kids interested in hockey be it deck hockey or whatever that can segue into ice hockey of course or even oh. with ice hockey players in the off season a lot of rinks close down well if you got a deck hockey rink they can continue to work on their skills during the summer if they so choose so that's I mean, exactly it, right i mean you're hitting it you're hitting it on the head it is literally the true funneling system uh it is the same sport there's no reason to think about it as a different different sport it's not uh you know and there's lots of data that i can share with you and uh and success stories of course uh but at the end of the day one of the best things about deck and ball hockey is uh is the it actually extends the opportunity for a child to learn how to play the big brother sport Sure. Uh, because we all know, uh, and, and the, the data is out there, proves it. If you're 10, 11, 12 years old, and you're deciding for whatever reason to try an ice hockey, you're never going to play premier sport. No. You're just, you've already passed that window. The window's already closed. Yep, you're behind you. 100%. 100%. It's just too difficult. There's these two sports in one. There's not only the nuances of the game itself, uh, but literally these foreign objects on your feet and you're going to learn how to play that. So deck and ball and street hockey actually create and extend the opportunity for a child to learn how to play the sport because if they get to 11 years old and for whatever reason, monetarily or you know their parents get into whatever the story is, they decide to try it. Well, if they've been playing deck, street, ball, whatever, now since they're five years old, they got to learn. It. They got to learn one thing to skate. That's it. Well, yeah. They got the that's fundamentals. Hard that's, that's hard it. enough. Now, right. I don't know. Listen, I'm not saying it's every kid, but you know, there's not that many Ron Crosby's out there who can just like pick up anything. Of course, they're there. Right. A kid sure. who learn how to skate at 15 years old and play, but that's a rarity. A rarity. That's a rarity. Yeah. The common average person needs to learn how to skate five, six, seven years old. Otherwise, dust. Never right. going to play at the level of what we're talking about here. But right. this 100%. allows a real true extension of that time so that they can get to whatever, you know, and, and by the way, it, again, you can go back to deck and play for the rest of your life um, for a whole host of reasons, uh, economically, of course, first. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, 
at the end of the day, our primary goal and mission, as you know, Scott, is uh, is 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 for inclusivity, hundred percent. That is our main goal: inclusivity and diversity into the programs themselves, uh, and the introduction remains our major focus sure. because at the end of the day, we're not looking to create the next Gretzky or Crosby. I mean, that's great, but that's not really our focus. All we care about is mentoring, developing the next greatest character-driven human beings on earth. That, that We want to be a part of that narrative. Uh, and, and hockey just happens to be a passion of ours. In fact, as you know, uh, the EMP in Empower Play is not just a great word. It's not just a great logo or trademark, rather. It's, it's, it literally stands for educate, motivate, and participate. That's what EMP stands for. And it's, that's our goal educating and motivating and ultimately empowering kids and, and, and adults alike through the participation of sports and arts. That's awesome. And our, we just happen to love hockey, but golf, we're also involved in golf. Uh, and, and of course, arts uh, is a big part of what we do too. So, um, you know, I can give you a little bit of, uh, you know, just for your listeners out there, we've been, you know, sort of maybe coming in and out or doesn't even know what we're talking about here. But if you're not familiar with the Empower Play, uh, or if you're not from, familiar with Empower Play or the Empower Play Project, which are the two parts of Empower Play, uh, we are the project partners facilitate the donation and implementation of state-of-the-art multi-use hockey rinks and integrated support system uh, to ensure program sustainability through towns and cities and to inner cities and private public partnerships across America. Uh, that's what we do. This initiative ultimately enables the introduction of not only the great sport that we're talking about here, uh, but everything else to, to millions of kids and adults who, for whatever reason, never had the opportunity to try the sport before. So that's what we do. Uh, pretty proud of it. Started off as just some, you know, knucklehead idea uh, of how to fix hockey. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, and lo and behold, uh, we're putting hundreds of people into uh into business and thousands of people eventually. Uh, and uh, our goals are, are very lofty, but we're making a very good dent to that. That's 2,000 rings here in the United States, another 500 in Canada, another 500 worldwide. Man, so that's, that's, that's it. And then the connectivity of all those uh, uh, rinks uh, through technology and, uh, and, and data sharing. And uh, there's, we're building destinations and we have an incubator program, uh, which is a very big part of what we do. Because what about all those kids who can't play uh, sure. for whatever, physically? Well, we're losing all those kids uh, for a multitude of reasons. And there's no reason we, we uh, need to do that. Uh, because uh, there's, uh, you know, a hundred different jobs and skill sets needed uh, for sports, including technology and safety and legal and agents and, uh, and so on and so forth. So there's a whole bunch of uh, reasons why the incubator programs make sense. Uh, including health and also health and wellness centers and and youth combines and it's a, it's a, a you know again not in reinventing the wheel uh, at all just bringing the best wheels together and uh, making a lot of dreams uh, come true. Yeah, that's awesome. And you know, I got to tell you, I am so proud to say that uh, my organization that I'm part of, uh, Mohawk Valley Hockey Club, has partnered up with the Empower Play Project to bring a deck hockey rink right here to the Mohawk Valley. And that's, you know. Or four. Well, yeah. <laughs> or however many it takes. That's yeah. it. <laughs> and so that's, uh, we're so grateful and proud to be, you know, partnered up with you guys because this is, you know, just going to be a dream come true when it's all done. 
And as far as I'm concerned, it's just going to add to the already strong hockey base that's in this area. And I think, you know, you're right. Once people see what it's all about, and I think that's got to be another hard part is getting it in front of people to see it itself yeah. because everybody kind of looks, well, wait, it's not ice. What do you do? Right. And they, they kind of, right. that was, that's been kind of a problem that I've run into over the years with. It's like, well, no, you try to explain it to them. Oh, well, I guess I get it. But you know, and so, but you have to understand too, that it's hard without having the visual, you know? Oh, so, yeah. And, and, and by the way, once, once you get it up, you know, it's not, it, I always say it's not the field of dreams. If you build it, they won't come. <laughs> you still need to go out. You still need to go out and get them. Right. You, you, this is why it's not just about the rinks. The rinks are awesome, as you know. There's nothing like them on the market. Uh, nothing can even touch them. We don't sell the rinks. We're, we don't. It's not the way it works. You can't buy an Empower Play rink. It's got to be part of the ideology. Right. Uh, you got to buy into the whole. But that's why the sustainable system with the, uh, uh, the USABHs of the world and the and the uh, and the MVHCs and and all of our partnerships. That's what makes it all work together. It's not just the rink. You got to be able to, you know, uh, uh, again, create opportunity and sustainability through this nationwide resource and support system. And, and that's what is making it all grow. And that's what's making it all churn and, and work beautifully. Uh, and, and, and by the way, that's, a, that's a, a very important reason because you just mentioned that, you know, you can walk down the street. Just like, you know, you walk down the street, you can ask 10 people out of 10 people right here in, 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 in Los Angeles. You know, who's Sidney Crosby? And nine, 10 people out of 10 people will probably say, Bing's son? Like, they don't yeah, know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? Is that, <laughs> that's, that's just the old people, though, that would give that answer. I would know it being son. No, well, you know, not only is it not being son, but that's part of the problem. It's like we're having, you know, happy, happy. Part of the uh, of problem solving, rather. Uh, of, of of introducing the great sport and understand you know when I grew up when you know uh, uh, and I'm sure most of you I don't know about uh, uh, the Grecian Formula guy down hey. below but uh, <laughs> hey. he's the youngest guy yeah but he is. I he's remember when I was growing up the guys who were the stars of the game uh, whether they were or with the Ors Mahavaliches and Hulls they were as big as Elvis that's not bullshit that's fact. Right. They all had national sponsorship deals. They all had, you know, car dealerships around the. Yeah. I mean, I can't. I don't remember if it was Bobby Orr or Hall who owned like, no, it was Stan Makita, I believe, who owned like a plethora of donut shops or something like that. It was right. You know, they they were Elvises, and it and and somewhere down the line, we just didn't build a platform for hockey. Uh, and, and so now, why is it that up until a few years ago, the, the biggest name uh, in in all of uh, ice, you know, was 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 a you know was a, a speed skater, Apollo right. Ono, right? Sure, it was like that was the biggest name that we could. He was the, literally the only guy who ever had a national sponsorship. Sure, Subway. You, yeah. You've never. It's not possible. These guys are the best-looking guys. They're super intelligent. Fifty-three percent of them, or whatever the stat is, come out of the NCAA. Why? Where is our LeBron Crosby? Yeah, and right. that is hundred percent 
to blame on the platform sure. and the lack of one. And, and, and that is also what the Empower Play Project is all about, is, is creating that, helping to create that platform where it all does make sense. There's absolutely no reason whatsoever that hockey isn't some sort of, you know, you know, uh, 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 like everybody should know at the back of their hand. You sure. call it the major, but it really well, isn't. I mean, you, like you said, it's, 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 it's the cost. And that's 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 the scary part. People hear hockey and they all they hear is are they hear the cash register start to ring. That's it. Yeah. You know, yep. I mean, sure. Yes. You, you can sign your kid up for hockey, but you have to buy the helmet. You got to buy the pads. You got to buy the skates. You got to buy the stick. You got to buy you got to buy everything for that hockey player. Yep. You sign them up for Pop Warner football. You already have. They give you the helmet. They give you the shoulder pads. They give you all the pads other than the cleats. So you go out and buy cleats. OK. Baseball. Yep. Same thing. I mean, you got to go out and buy a bat and the cleats. And a glove, but I mean, you're you're basketball hockey, soccer you're, even cheaper. Yeah. yeah, basketball soccer even cheaper. I mean, you yeah, just, you exactly. can't. Well, that, that's it, and that that's that's what it's about. Now, uh, fortunately, there are many teams that that, that are devoted to to giving away uh, gear, and that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But that still doesn't even begin to crack at the surface. No, uh, we need. Uh, far more, uh, you know, gear than even one team can afford to give away. Right. And it's still not just that you can't just throw in this sport, unlike the other ones you just mentioned, you can't just throw gear at it. If you throw right. gear to a bunch of kids, guess what? Open the door and they can go have a football game tomorrow. Exactly. And baseball, because there's fields all over the place. Sure. You don't need. And that's the problem, right? It's those you throw a half a million dollars of gear into the inner city, they got nowhere to play. Right. That's also where Empower Play comes in. Sure. We just like the forties and fifties when blacktops were going all over the place, that's what we're doing. Is is finding land, finding you know, open space, finding the the, the plethora of, of parts and wrecks around the country are dilapidated because there's thirty tennis courts there not being used. We'll go in there, we'll repurpose that tennis court. What about the shopping centers across the country that, you know, for, for whether it was two, whether it was 07 to 08, 09 crash, or whether it was the last year and a half of, of, of uh, pandemic, these are, you know, we can, we all, all of us, I live in Beverly Hills, man. I don't, I don't live too far from some mall that is not in use. So it's right. not just, you know, rural America that's being affected by it. So what about all these places across, you know, you go to Sumetsuko, Michigan, and you can drive away, you know, down your own town and see four or five strip centers because of the anchor that went out, whether that was JCPenney or whatever, all of a sudden, the cleaners can't exist anymore. The Joey's Pizza Place can't exist anymore. And now you have this open space that's still costing the landlord, by the way, taxes up the yin-yang, and, and it's an eyesore, and it's all this stuff. Well, guess what? There's another opportunity for a great facility and a great Empower Play project where you can go into the community, help you know, raise the funds, get a facility going up there, multi-sport facility, not just the introductory of our sport, but everything else that you can play inside of that you know, 12,000 square feet. And then all of a sudden, you create a destination, you got kids coming back and forth. In a year or so, now you've got so much traffic coming in, the parents can come back, the cleaners can open again because the, the people need to bring their right. cleaning stuff. The pizza place can go back in, and before you know it, you've created. God knows what you've done there, and and that's also part of this platform. It's got to, 
you, you got to connect it all. It can't happen. It, 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 as cliche as it sounds, it really does take a village. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. and, and it can't just be the responsibility of, of the local team. It can't. They don't have the bandwidth, and quite frankly, they don't have the funds. It's right. impossible. It's got to be all of us, uh, or it's not going to happen, uh, period. We've seen it. Right. We've seen it. What, we, we're still struggling to say, you know, what is deck and what is street and how does that relate to ice? And what are you talking about? How is that possible? Right. And, 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 and it, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm all, you could tell I'm really not into this at all. No, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it would be huge, too, if at some point that if there was like a professional deck hockey league. Right, almost like an oh, like a, a level, level of like an NHL that you could put like on an ESPN two or something like that well, to get exposure. That's already happening. That's awesome. And, uh, yes, uh, uh, you know uh, we talk to them all the time. We're very proud. Uh, it, there's a few leagues out there, including the NBHL, uh, that have just come from you know seemingly nowhere. Uh, it deck and balls the fastest growing sport right now, uh, and uh, and it's leagues like that. We've come a long way. As a matter of fact, uh, as you know, we have uh, several uh, projects here in California now. And one we have is in Garden Grove, a twin rink destination uh, with our partners, Orion uh, and Pacific Coast Hockey. And uh, the NBHL uh, regionals were just held at the rink. Uh, and uh, the California team won, the, the, the Garden Grove team won, and now it's uh, the uh, in September uh, going to the Milite Cup, nice. uh, which is oh, held nice. in Jersey. So it, it, there is this growing uh, opportunity. Uh, for, again, it starts with access, sure. create the leagues. They're coming. You got the USABH, which is putting the governing body all together. You got the ideology, and you got the support system, which is in power play on the background. Uh, standardization of the rinks. Uh, this is all leading to the international game, which we're already in conversations with the ISPHF uh, and, and a whole board, an executive board that they're building, uh, because they have had a success, quite a bit of success uh, in, in Europe, and that's all leading to the Olympics. Awesome. And we're not that far away from from deck ball being a part of the Olympics. Uh, so this is all uh, 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 happening. Uh, and interesting enough, uh, that will probably be a summer Olympic sport and not a. Um, you know, that uh, would be best, okay. though, because then it wouldn't be competing with ice hockey for attention at the no, Winter no, Olympics. Of course, right? That'd be the best no, way right. to go. It's not going to compete with hockey. It is It is its own sport right. in that manner. Uh, uh, but um, it's just great to see everybody coming together. So, to answer your question, uh, it's not far enough. As a matter of fact, there already is a very small network <laughs> run by some guy who actually uh, was an ESPN guy. Um, and um, uh, he, he films uh, all of the NBHL games. Yeah, there's and, an uh, app like that on Roku that uh, I found. They broadcast, uh, it's on Stitch. They oh, really? I'll send you the link. Yeah. They just broadcast the whole series, uh, the championship. It was just last weekend. No kidding. Um, yeah, it's awesome, man. I mean, that's yeah. cool. That's really you know, cool. It's, it's, it's uh, grassroots. It's not you're not talking about slick NBC uh, Olympic coverage. No, but you uh, know what? It's putting eyeballs on Mike the sport, Rico, though. Right. Mike Tirico won't be calling the game. Uh, <laughs> hey, we can do that. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know that would be bad. That would be a bad idea. 
You know, no, they do call the games it's hysterical and uh, uh, great to watch. And uh, it's just great to see the, you know, everything coming together and and uh, couldn't be uh, couldn't be more proud of uh, uh, certainly of our partnership uh, and, and partnerships like that um, uh, that are making it making it all happen. It's just uh, I never would have thought in a million years or maybe I did. And and, and now I'm just pretty glad to see it all happen. Well, Kelly, it's, it's it's just incredible. It, it really is, and you know, hats off to you for all the all the work that that you and everybody else at the Empower Play Project does, and and USBH, uh, just a, an incredible, incredible opportunity to, to grow the sport, and and I I know you guys are only going to get bigger and bigger and bigger, and this is just a, a wonderful thing you've done, and we want to thank you for coming on today too and taking the the time out to talk to us. Um, you know, I mean, you and I have been in contact quite a bit, but I mean, this is this is the story that I wanted everybody to hear because I mean, this is the more more I talk to you about our project, the more fascinating it is, and uh, it, it's well, just a wonderful thing you guys do, really. Absolutely, yeah. The MVHC, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Those kind words of, uh, but the MVHC is a big big part of the family, and uh, uh, I can't wait to see that grow. And we're getting pretty close, and it moves pretty quickly. Yeah, as I've told you a million times. We never know how long these things are going to take. Uh, there's red tape and uh, and nuances for every municipality. Every town uh, has got their own little uh, flavor to it. And uh, but at the end of the day, we know it's going to happen. It's not it's not the if. It's never the if. It's just the when. Uh, the good thing is we know uh, from green light to ribbon cutting is ten to twelve weeks. So we just got to get to those green lights quicker, and we'll start seeing uh, more and more uh, you know projects. We've got uh, we have 14 right now in, in, in the hopper as we wow. speak. Uh, we've got probably another 20 uh, behind that. We're in the middle of a $20 million raise right now uh, to create a slush fund for the Empower Play project, which is the initiative side of things. Uh, because of all the towns and out there, they don't have two shekels to rub together. Sure, sure. Uh, you, you know, and, and we don't want any of this to get slowed down uh, literally because of funds that should not be the reason that we can't put somebody into business we can't create a little program and we can't create some continuity out in the middle of nowhere right. where there is kids who want to play and so that's one of the reasons that we're uh, 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 that's one of the things we're doing with the slush fund is uh, creating a criteria where these lower income and underserved areas will be able to vie uh, for specific grant funding as you know, the Power Play project already grants uh, sure. money into every single project. It is the way it works. Uh, it's 30 from us and 30 from the partner, and that's how we get started. Uh, and, uh, and and but this way, we won't get bogged down when you know uh, some town in the middle of uh, Georgia. Uh, as a matter of fact, we have several projects in the South right now, including South Carolina and Georgia. And you know, you're talking about dilapidated areas. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't want to just sit around and wait. Right. If someone's going to grant us the land, we want to be damn ready uh, with a couple hundred thousand dollars to go uh, to make to make it all happen for somebody out there. And that is absolutely incredible. What an asset for the entire sport of hockey, really. Yeah. Well, absolutely. I mean, like I said, it's weird, like hearing it and thinking about it, like remembering <clears throat> as me growing up. I mean, I got I was lucky enough to play ice hockey, but. All my friends weren't so i mean like on weekends we would go out to a parking lot it was a church parking lot and we'd play ball hockey you know what i mean we'd 
make our net and run around and play ball hockey. And it just sounds like these just popping up in neighborhood after neighborhood after neighborhood. It's going to just bring those kids like, oh, let me try that. Let me just go out and try it. Yep, absolutely. And that's all it is. That's all it takes. And once that you is. try it, you're in it. That's it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's the most infectious thing there is. Yeah. I, I, Scott hasn't seen this yet, but I do this, you know, when I do live, you know, the last year, obviously, I've done uh, probably close to, uh, I don't even know what it is, a couple of hundred uh, uh, Zoom calls a month. Uh, <laughs> Before that, it was obviously live, and, and I, you know, meeting with corporate leaders and and uh, municipality, and I do this little song and dance, literally as part of the uh, as part of the pitch, and I do the sort of the imitation of a kid playing baseball at seven years old, you know, and it's and it's that thing that you just, you know, a guy just, you know, I'm, I'm, you can't see my foot, but I'm kicking dirt, right. Because, <laughs> You know, right. I was kind of wondering what you were doing. doing. <laughs> That's what a seven-year-old kid does. And then and then in soccer, with all its good graces, the fact is that the best athlete, that's who the kids are chasing. Mm-hmm. He's got the ball. He doesn't even know what he's doing, but everybody's chasing him. Mm-hmm. So this whole thing, oh, they get two, they get a lot of touches. Bunch of malarkey. No, they don't. You're, you're chasing the kid who is the best athlete there is. Right. In, in, in deck hockey – and ball hockey and hockey, that's not the case. No. Nope. Everybody sucks. And, <laughs> and, immediately, and immediately you have this stick in your hand and you don't even have to yep. be touching yeah. anything. Yeah. And this kid's got this shit-eating grin on his face. And it's, and it's 100, 100%. 100%. It's, so you've seen, 100%. you've seen Scott play goal then? <laughs> yeah, well, don't don't listen to Dave. He's a sandbagger. He's he sandbagged me terrible a couple weeks ago, and I'm going to get him back for that. No, 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 no. Oh, I will. Don't you worry about no, that. No. <laughs> you know, you couldn't be 100 100 correct on that. You can't be because I mean, like I said, my son played baseball. I mean, he's a great hockey player. I mean, he was great. We're lucky enough to have him in hockey. But when he plays baseball, he you have the kids literally kicking the dirt. You know, I played soccer when I was a kid, and it was – I literally would sit down and do nothing. <laughs> look at the sky. I'm like, wow, look at it. It's so nice out. But, you know, you Is that what he does on the rink now? You run around. You're playing. Like, well, you, we're indoors. You can't it's stop not playing. Oh, you're, you're, you're going. And, you, and once again, I mean, yes, you do want the kid to, you know, to be involved and have the puck or the ball near – but they don't care. But they don't care. <laughs> just, no. They're in there. They got they got the tools already yeah. in their hand, and they yep. just gotta go and dig for gold. That's, That's it. And and that is the, a thing of beauty. Uh, nothing compares to it. Uh, and and by the way, you know, I'm a huge football, huge football fan, huge mm-hmm. basketball, baseball. I love sports. A very. I was that kook. In 1990, you know, when late, when ESPN, no, it was actually early 80s, when ESPN hit the airwaves and 2 o'clock in the morning, instead of seeing the, uh, you know, the uh, the graphic come on, uh, the uh, end of end of broadcast traffic, <laughs> instead of seeing that, you know, I would turn like, oh, Australian rules, football. Right, right. <laughs> wow, ping pong, yes. <laughs> I, I was that guy. So I understand yeah. that, but there's still uh, nothing like, uh, on the child side, on the child side, seeing them play street and ball and deck hockey 
that that's really what what it's about and and uh you know and and then you get into the actual you know uh character building traits of hockey and i do believe that hockey has the best uh uh intentions and has the best uh uh criteria uh to help us uh build uh um you know uh, good sports Absolutely. Good sports. Absolutely. That's, that's Absolutely. really what it comes down to. Yep. Absolutely. Well, and like I said, this has just been fantastic, Kelly. And, and we can't thank you enough for, for taking the time to come out and talk with us. We've been, we're over an hour now already. And uh, just, you know, if we had the time, we could probably go for another three hours. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but like I said, does, thanks a million for coming on. We really appreciate it. And, um, and of course, I'll be in contact with you very soon. So, um, and I'll send you yeah, the link when the show comes out. Right. I understand you have like four more podcasts. So it's like, you know. The- <laughs> yep. So uh, there, there's plenty more opportunity. Trust me. It's a- <laughs> yeah, well, you know, as you know, I'm never, uh, never, uh, never miss a chance to, to talk about it and, uh, and be the, and, you know, I'm just one of a, a number of bullhorns that are out there and uh, we need more. We Absolutely. need more. And, and uh, I can't wait till, till we start, uh, uh, you know, creating a membership or, people can talk and in the platform that I mentioned earlier. So uh, it's exciting times, exciting times. Absolutely. Indeed. Well, so like I said, thanks a million, my friend, I really appreciate it. And um, I'll be in touch soon. Excellent. Thank you. <laughs> All right. It's been great guys. Thanks Kelly. Thanks Kelly. Appreciate it. Of course. Have a Take good care. one. Thanks man. Oh man. What a, what an interesting, I mean, I'm telling you, I've been involved with them in the, in the power play project for a few, well, almost a year now trying to get this going and it's finally starting to come to fruition exciting times man really exciting times it it literally reminds me of just like childhood all over again yeah it is like it's 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 awesome like just to think about just to think about rather than like you know if if i had somewhere to go yes and that's rather than playing rather than playing in a parking lot and getting yelled at or you know when the ball goes you know Hopefully it just stopped at the ditch, but sometimes it would go through the ditch and over across the road. So now we got to dodge traffic. And it's like, right. you know, now you have some place to go that's safe. You know what I mean? You're there. It's in clo- it's, it's perfect. Right. Like if, if it would be awesome. And you know, then the thing is, you know, it's like every parent wants to be, be able to provide opportunities for their kids that they never had. Right. And it just right. kind of makes you feel good, you know? Yeah. I mean, so. it's sure. It's, it's probably still going to be a little scary. Like, oh, well, I don't want to put my kid in hockey because it's expensive. Well, you don't have to put your kid in hockey if he's playing duck hockey or ball hockey. You don't right, have to. because it's you know, an activity outside. Get right. him out of the house. Exactly. When even when our we're running our organized program in the gyms in the winter, we're only charging thirty five dollars to sign up, and we provide the helmet and the gloves. You know, yeah. so yeah. so many opportunities to make it affordable for just you know for anybody to play. Really, absolutely. But uh, and now I know that you had a trivia question, but I want to save yours for when we got a full panel. <laughs> so. <laughs> because I, you know, what's funny is I actually heard the answer to your trivia question like about four hours after you asked me that. So I'm like, well, I don't, that's want, where, that's I don't want to spoil it, Adam. That's where I got the idea from. Yeah. And I was like, I go, you know, it, it'd be a great one. I mean, maybe they'll bring up the goalie, but I mean, to do the team. Yeah. And what was it? The team, the goalie and the year. Yeah. Was it the year? Okay. Yep. So we'll save that one from we got a full panel. That works. And I'll just stay quiet. I'll, I'll have to, too. <laughs> so in the meantime, I do have another breakaway trivia question for everybody. Well, for us, oh, too. <laughs> and as always, breakaway trivia is brought to you by friend of the show, Jimmy, the Iceman McNeil's children's book, The Red and White Zamboni Ice Machine. To order your copy, you can email Jimmy at Mac underscore Iceman at Hotmail.com. 
So you guys ready? This week's breakaway trivia question is, who scored the most points in the NHL for the decade of the 1990s? The answer when we come back. Visit My Little Falls and stay connected with the latest news, information, and events in the city and the area. Our mission is to generate interest in the community and connect residents in a more meaningful way by facilitating deeper conversations about how these stories will shape the future of the Mohawk Valley. Join thousands of weekly visitors who stay up to date with feature stories, interviews, videos, our event calendar, and print publication, the Mohawk Valley Express. It's about timely local news for the community, keeping citizens informed about important issues, telling about the people who live and work here, and giving locally owned business the opportunity to reach a very targeted audience of locals and tourists alike. It's a whole new form of media-rich content developed specifically for today's mobile lifestyle and listeners. You can download our iOS app in the iTunes store, listen to our country music streaming radio station, or sign up for a weekly newsletter. Stop by today at MyFunFalls.com. You'll be glad you did. I'm still impressed every time I see that commercial. Great job, Dave. I knew you were going to say that. That was you awesome. You know, he, he's getting predictable on that. But, yeah, uh, it was it was fun to put together. I, I like putting commercials. I like the, the ending there with that like that lightning bolt, whatever that is supposed to be. <laughs> you know, Supernova, the, whatever that is. You, you back it up. You have the music. Yeah. And, and you have that ending. And it's sort of like Star Wars. I, I actually started with music first. Yes. And then, and then I had that mark to hit. And then you put the imagery in. See that? But you time it to the beats. If you notice, boom, there's an image change. You know, boom. now you just yeah. got another nickname. You're now the metronome as well. <laughs> <laughs> Better than charcuterie. Well, charcuterie? Uh, <laughs> charcuterie. <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to think of something else, too. Yeah, no, but, I, I, was, <laughs> I was good with Dave the Save. <laughs> well, we'll save, save it for the next time you sandbag me. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, back to breakaway trivia. I'll give you guys that question one more time. And it was, who scored the most points in the NHL for the decade of the 1990s? Dave, the save, the metronome, whatever you want to be called this week. Do you have a guess? Where's Gump when I need him? <laughs> right? <laughs> I have I don't no really. clue. The 90s. The 90s. Think about a hockey player. Name one. Just Hull. Which one? <laughs> Bobby. Which well, Bobby was retired by then. We'll go with Brian. Well, that's why I'm, I'm thinking. I'm trying to think. Why are, you, why are you giving him a guess here? There's only one that played in the 90s. Well, <laughs> and I guessed wrong. Well, I had to see what he was going to say. Because <laughs> there was also Dennis Hall, too, if you recall. No, I don't. That's, that's okay. All right. You'll go with Brett Hall. Jeremy, the professor, what do you think? Uh, I don't know. I'm going to go with Yager. And you're right. It was Yarmir Yager. He had 958 points. For the decade of the 1990s. Your dad is going to be so pissed at that one. Because yeah. he, would, he would say that, wouldn't he? Yeah. Well, yeah. He probably would have. No. Probably would have. No, he would have yeah. said something like, no, I know him. He would have gone like, um, I don't know. Um, no, Jan Erickson. No, it was Jarmer Yager followed by Joe Sackick. You yeah. see, I was, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm, I was sitting here, I'm thinking about it. And I go, you know, who... Who's still playing? I mean, that doesn't have anything to do with who right. most points in the nineties. But I'm thinking, who was dominant enough? Sure, to do for the that? whole decade. For the whole decade. Yeah. And I'm thinking, well, the only one that really stood out was Yager. Right. You know. You I know mean, who surprisingly the third was uh, Adam Oates. That's not surprising to me. No. No. He had. Uh, it's no. funny because Gretzky was fourth, so Oates had nine more goals 
and nine more assists than Gretzky did for the decade. In 99. But he also played, and that is crazy ironic, right? But he also played 80 more games, but still. Nine yeah. more goals, nine more assists for 99. 99. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing how the hockey gods work. <laughs> Sometimes it's always fixed. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. That sounds rigged to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So, anyways, we're going to get into segment two, Hockey Hot Takes. And we'll start it off with a very happy birthday to Marcel Dion. The Hall of Famer turned 70 on August 3rd. In his 18-year career, he played for the Red Wings, the Kings, and the Rangers and amassed a total of 1,771 points, which is good for sixth all-time. My opinion, one of the most underrated players ever. Oh, yeah. Never got the recognition he deserved. By far. You know, and, I mean, he was the only one, the barrier to Gretzky in the first year of the 80s anyway, the 79-80 season where he tied Gretzky for the points lead for the Art mm-hmm. Ross, uh, 137. And he was actually awarded the Art Ross, I believe, because he had more goals. So kind of a weird little that's weird yeah. little wrinkle, but that's okay yeah. because, you know, it's not as though Wayne didn't get his share of those. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, did, yeah. So not getting that was, you know, it wasn't the end of the world for Wayne. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he was missing that one too much. No, not at all. Oh, boy. And also a happy Posmonius birthday to Maurice Rocket Richard, who would have turned 100 years old on August 4th. I was going to mention that while Kelly was on when he was talking about Montreal and all that, and then it kind of forgot we got to talk about something else. So I'm mentioning it now. <laughs> and of course, I wanted to talk about the Richard riot too when he was talking about the form, and we got talking about something else. So, thank God you didn't go segueing off into. I know, those right? We I know. We'd still be going. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd have to change the batteries in the cameras. No kidding. <laughs> have to do that every time. Oh boy. So, some of the big news of the week. It appears the season will start with a heavyweight battle right off the hop, as the Rangers have picked up Ryan Reeves from the Vegas Golden Knights for a 2022 third round pick. Uh, Reeves was obviously acquired with uh, Tom Wilson in mind. And what a coincidence. The Caps and the Rangers play each other on open night. So, Jeremy, what are your thoughts on the Rangers picking up Ryan Reeves? Was the price a little too high? Uh, too high, probably. Um, oh, there it is. <laughs> I knew you were up to something. You were he got real quiet for a second. <laughs> I th- I think the price is too high, but but I mean the Rangers need that gritty guy. Um, I mean we really I mean yeah sure we had Tony D'Angelo, we had uh, Brendan Lemieux, um, but those two guys sure they got in the gritty spots, but let's face it, they never really won much. Um, we need that guy that that just is that that likes to just go out and bang, and he likes to go out and do his thing and. You know, he's not out there to get goals. Uh, he even says that he's he's not the most prominent goal scorer because he's not. He's not a goal scorer whatsoever. He's out there for one presence, and the presence only is, oh, boy, when he's on the ice, i got to watch my back. Yeah. Um, and I like I like that. I like I like where, what they're thinking here. Um, I mean, if they want a shot with who they still have, I mean, sure, is it going to hurt losing Bushnevich? Yeah. Um, but, again, we picked up Barclay Gaudreau. So – Hand in hand, you know, and, and we got grittier. I mean, we Kreider now doesn't have to be that gritty, up and down. Let's let's get in your face type of guy anymore. Right. So, you also got Jared Tenorti too, and we got Tenorti still, and or just got Tenorti now. And I think 
with those two guys in the lineup in the division that we play in, it's going to help us more than it's going to hurt us. And, and I mean, any Ranger fan, I hope would agree with that. And I hope other teams, any, any other fan of any other teams are looking at it going, well, you know, they had the pieces together. They've kind of revamped those pieces to, if not better. And now they got stronger. Well, I so, don't think you're going to see Ryan Reeves dress every night. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, he was getting eight to nine minutes a night up when he was in Vegas. So the I interesting, agree. the interesting thing with him, and now of course you you bunched the Buchnevich trade. And I just want to talk about that quick. Honestly, I think that he was probably dealt away to pretty much guarantee Kraft's off a spot. Yeah, because you got to put him in the top six, right? You can't. Yeah, you can't put him on the third or fourth line. It's not going to work. No, no, right? Um, yeah. So you I know, can th- see that. Make that makes sense. And plus, Sammy Blaze came back in that deal. So yeah. there's another sandpaper gritty guy, right? Yeah. So which is honestly kind of surprising to me why they went out and got Reeves. I understand the desire for you know the Rangers and the, and the fans to want to see somebody you know punch Tom Wilson in the face. Okay, I get that. <laughs> I understand it. I totally get it. But I thought they had done a pretty good job of getting themselves grittier without him. To be perfectly honest with you. I mean, if you want to go out and give a third round pick away for him, I guess fine. That's you know they've got the their prospect pool is pretty loaded right now as it is. So I mean, how many yeah. more picks do you need, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, the thing is with with Reeves, I mean his his play has tailed off tremendously oh, over the past couple of years. Absolutely. But there was an interesting point that was said. I mean, obviously his best year in the past few was that magical run that Vegas had to the Stanley Cup Finals in their first year, which he was a part of. And it just so happened that the coach was Jar Gallant, who is now the coach of the Rangers. So maybe he can find a way to get the best out of him again. Well, that's um, what I, that's the thing. Like, I mean, it, it, it could be <clears throat> new, new team, new city. Right. Um, which, I mean, it happens to, um, I mean, look at the New York Rangers to the south. Every player that we sent to Tampa Bay all of a sudden became the superstar. Um, not saying there was a superstar, but they played a lot better in Tampa Bay than they did in New York. Well, that's because Tampa Bay didn't learn how to win a cup until they started getting a little grittier. <laughs> Seriously. Well, you know, when they were, when they the were Rangers, loaded with, you know, need that. exactly. When, when Tampa Bay was loaded with the finesse, you know, three, four Same lines full of superstars. Way, yeah, yeah. When they got up against the Washington capitals of the world, they couldn't do anything because they were up. getting pushed all over the ice. Right. 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 So that's why I like, that's why I love this move. <clears throat> I so, love this move. Cause I mean, it's like you said, it, okay, so fine. We may be, we may be young, I mean, granted, it's kind of sad to think that Zibanejad, Kreider, and oh, I don't know. There's another player that's the most tenured player in the Rangers. But now, if we're so young and don't have the experience going into the playoffs, at least now we have bodies that will body the other teams to make them get tired and think about what they're going to do for game two, three, four, and go on, so on. Well, especially that division they play in because it's not oh. really a finesse division. <laughs> no, not at all. And not the thing better. is, too, is you got to remember just about everybody in that division made an effort to get better, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Philadelphia went out and made all kinds of moves. Philly made a lot of nice moves. You know, um, to try not to replicate what happened last season. I'll be I honest with you. It kind of scares me that, uh, you know, that you got Yandel coming back to Philly. Yeah, I mean, they went out um, and they, they, they get brought Cam Atkinson in, put the Cam puck Atkinson's in the net, in. you know. Yeah. I'm I'm actually impressed with what New Jersey did. New Jersey, New Jersey made a strong no. effort to get themselves better. 
Yeah. I'm not saying they're going to be a playoff and contender. Young, and they're young, too. But they're, they're, just, they're in the Rangers' boat. Yeah. Right? They're young. They got young prospects that are, are very talented coming through. Yeah. But I like what they did to try to be better this season. Yeah. You know, they went Absolutely. out and spent the money and got Dougie Hamilton. Right. They brought in Ryan Graves from Colorado. You know? So, yeah. I mean, that's going to be a, a really rugged division. And that like was a smart again. thing to do, you know, to get a little grittier. So, we'll see how it happens. I just think it's funny we, we're talking gritty Rangers when gritty is the Philly mascot, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> blasphemy, you say blasphemy. Oh. oh, so another news items. Uh, John Tortorella has been hired by ESPN as an in-studio analyst. Joining Tortorella in the studio will be Mark Messier, Chris Chelios, Kevin Weeks, Rick DiPietro, and Barry Melrose. I love this hire. What do you think? <laughs> Be ready to laugh. I know, right? Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, it, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be hilarious watching Torts. Um, I mean, yeah, he's on the flagship of all sports media, so he's. I don't know what they're gonna tell him. Try to to dumb it down, but uh, it's gonna be pretty funny. You know what him. I want to see? I want to see when him, Messier, and Chelios have a, a difference of opinion. Oof. That's what I want to see. I, or and, and look at Barry Melrose. I mean, you, you really right. can't change Barry Melrose's mind. Nope, not at um, all. So I, it, it'll be. <laughs> I can't wait for this. It's going to be interesting. I think they got Weeksy and DiPietro, and they're just be the calming influence. Like, okay, guys, enough. <laughs> well, they got the they got the two goal. They're gonna they'll put the two goalies at each end and say, "All right, boys, we're done. Stay, we're done saving this. Come on, let's go yeah, on. right, right." <laughs> no, I'm, I'm looking very forward to it, though. I think hey, uh, I think it's going to be a great fresh start. It will. You know, they needed uh, – who's what's the other one? TNT that's uh, also yeah. going to do the NHL games, and they got Gretzky. Gretzky, and, yeah. I mean, they – I don't know. I still don't really understand or how they're going to compete with the ESPN of the world in something that ESPN has done before. Um, well, it's great. I, it's great to have a hockey on TV, I guess. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I don't know. It, it also works. You got to have the right commentators. And sure. And I think, I mean, where would you much rather work, ESPN or TNT, especially when ESPN has done hockey before? Right. So I don't know. I just think, I think ESPN is going to be, it's going to be a good year. But I'll tell you though, TNT's got a big draw already from the NBA. They, they do a great job with that. And Charles Barkley was actually the you one that convinced Gretzky to come work for TNT though. Basketball to hockey. You can't. I, I know you can't compare them, but getting, there's we're not getting them. But there's still there's this. still that you know, the draw. That's all I'm saying. Hey, the draw. It's, yeah, it's, it's yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, drawing is a better sport than actually. <laughs> oh, oh, oh boy. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll get off this topic just so I'll save you the aggravation. Okay. Save me the editing. <laughs> Uh, the Jack Eichel saga continues in Buffalo as his agents have now issued a statement basically expressing their disappointment that Eichel was not traded uh, as of the deadline. And this delay is now allowing him to not get his next surgery that he wants to get, so on and so forth. What a mess this has developed into. Jeremy, what should the Sabres do? Uh, I don't know. Honestly, I... I would say let him play, but I mean, I don't even like the guy just for how much of a cancer he's starting to spread. Um, I think they should get Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, you know what I think? I think ESPN should hire him as a studio analyst. How about Colin Kaepernick? No controversy there. No. I don't know. I just, I you know, Eichels is now, he's 
he's just digging his own grave wherever he wants, whatever he wants to do now. He's just that guy that you cannot depend on. I mean, is he going to sit there and cry about, you know, now he's crying about this. And is he going to cry about something else coming down the road? If he goes to another team, does another team want to take that risk? I don't know. I wouldn't want to. No, no. Um, And is he a team player? Um, I mean, let's face it. Buffalo didn't have a great year. I get it. But they had players in place to possibly get everything going in the right direction. Sure. And sure. they, on top of that, they just had the number one overall pick. So it's they are piecing it together, but players are leaving. Well, I mean, I think their their hand was forced with the Sam Reinhardt trade because of all this. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think that was really a spinoff effect. You know, with all the the uncertainty swirling around Eichel now, I, Reinhardt decided he wanted out. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I, you know what I don't understand? What some of these agents think sometimes. <laughs> you know, why would you go to the press and make a statement like that when everybody knows that he's not happy, right? But now, well, it's, now it's, Buffalo, it's, now Buffalo, now Kevin Adams, who's the general manager there in Buffalo, now he's got to be turned around and saying, hey, look, guys, thanks for uh, completely tanking your client's value, by the way. Um, I can't trade him to just anybody because he's got a $10 million cap hit. I am not taking pennies on the dollar in return for him. He still signed with us for five years. Mm-hmm. Granted, I know he's got a modified no trade clause that kicks in after next season. But you know what? At some point, and, and let's face it, Buffalo isn't going to be very good next year. Nope. Buffalo may not be very good the following year. So honestly, if I was, I was, if I was Kevin Adams, I would turn around and say to him, look, okay, enough of this. I'm not going to trade you now because I can't get anywhere near what you are worth. Right. And I can't just go to anybody with you. Okay. So why don't we do this? If I was Kevin Adams, I'd say, go ahead. Have your next surgery. Have whatever surgery you want done. Go ahead. Do it. But you better come back healthy. Because if you don't, or if you sit there and continue to play these shenanigans, you know what? I'm not expected to make them playoffs next year. So I'll sit you the whole season. I don't care. Right. You know, fine. Do what you got to do. Because if I was him, there's no way I would take a, you know, a third round pick and a mid tier prospect just to get rid of him. Right. You know what I mean? There's no right. way. Because I mean, right. he's very talented. There's no doubt about it. Right. You know, but what's I don't he think, causing the locker room? I don't think they're going to get the demands that they want. They want the equivalent of four first round picks. They can forget about that now. No, that's, that's not that's happening. Gone. Yeah, that's that gone. ship's that's sailed. completely gone. Yeah. You know, and I like you said. I mean, I think, um, you know, you just can't with his agent speaking it's like you know it's the boy cries wolf right so now he, he's barking at the sabers they're not doing anything well now let's bark to the media where the media can blow everything out of proportion and Bingo. make the sabers look dumb yep and that's what they're doing i mean probably the last ditch effort that eichel has at this point to even try to get moved but it just shot himself in the foot he's not value he's not going to be anything no. worth of value Oh. You know, you're not going to get that four four first round picks and you know your top tier level player just for one guy that right. has now cre- created this you know this shitstorm. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Everywhere in the NHL, right? Like, nobody and in it, their right mind would say, "Yeah, I'll take that." Oh, yeah, take no. these guys and I'll take him. And no. you know what? Even if he does has have this surgery that he wants, there's still uncertainty around that. Oh, yeah, it's oh, not like absolutely. this is a guaranteed fix all. Yeah, you know. Well, the right. doctor said that 80% of the people come back from this normal, fine, no problems. Okay, but there's 20% that doesn't. Right. And you're expecting an right. NHL team to dole out all these assets and to take on a $10 million cap hit? 
and for I'm a twenty percent chance that he might not come back, you know, as healthy as he as, as he should. But I don't want to say that you um, you target somebody after a surgery, no. but you do. You, any anybody that played competitive sports, you hear about an injury and it's been rehabbed and had surgically re- repaired. You, gotta, you go at it. You got to think somebody's going to take a shot. You, you got to you go at it. You got to test it. You test it. Is it wrong? As long as it's a clean, clean play, right. it's completely part of the game. That's the part of the game. So do you want to take that risk as an owner to get him? Right. What if it, what if it didn't work? So now you're going to be, you got to pay him if he gets seriously injured all over again. Right. And there are no contenders anymore. They have no more no. cap space to take him on. So he's going to go to another losing team. Yeah. So yeah. what are you doing? You know, I mean, seriously. I don't know. You're just wasting time with him now at this point. I mean, like I said, he's, he's he was he could have been traded. Yep. For high value. Now he's just he's been barking. His age, now his agent's barking. It's just it's a mess. and you know I'm just old school, I guess. And the fact that I believe you know like you signed that contract to play, they're paying you very good money. So do what you're paid to do. Right. 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 I mean, if, if, and I understand that, you know, it's all because of this. He wants a surgery that the Sabres aren't exactly comfortable with. But like I said, at the end of the day, if I were the Sabres, I would say, you know what? Go for it. Exactly. Go right I mean, for what, it. Yeah, no, Whatever. Look at, look at this out, point, look at, go for it. Look at what you caused. All right. Yeah. You know what? You, you caused all this. And um, we're not. And then tell them. We're going to grant the, you the surgery. Yeah. And by the way, there's no way we can trade you this season now because you're going to miss half the season now. So exactly. forget it. You're exactly. a Sabre for at least another season. Exactly. Deal with it. You know? Yep. I just exactly. say move them to Austin with the Bills. <laughs> wow, now Dave's even creating controversy. Jeez. <laughs> oh, boy. Wait till that rumor spreads. Oh, yeah. We're, we're going we're gonna to be viral pretty soon. Yeah. yeah. Love it. That's the goal. Oh, boy. Sabres are moving to Austin. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it was Dave the Save Warner that said that, everybody. His opinions don't necessarily reflect the opinions of the show. Thank you very much. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, that's going to do it for Hockey Hot Takes. And as we always do, we're going to end uh, Hockey Hot Takes with Website of the Week. Website of the Week is brought to you by 315hockey.com. 315hockey.com is your news hub for all levels of hockey in central New York. This week's Website of the Week is usaballhockey.com. That's the um, the official website of the ball hockey or U.S. Ball Hockey Federation that uh, uh, Kelly was talking about earlier. So if you want to go on there and check that out. They got some pretty cool training videos. Uh, pretty much everything you need to know about the sport is on there. So if you get a minute, check it out. Pretty neat. So anyways, we're going to take our last commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to take a ride on that Zamboni time machine. We'll see you in a minute. Need to find that gift for someone special? Visit Little Falls Presents at the Stone Mill and Canal Place. Stop by today to find unique artist work, T-shirts, coffee cups, gift towels, greeting cards, tote bags, koozies, and original oil paintings and prints. It's all about the art of the gift. For more information, visit mylittlefalls.com shop or call 315-508-5310 for details. And we're back with the segment three, the Zamboni Time Machine. The Zamboni Time Machine is brought to you by Zamboni.com, and the Zamboni name is used with permission. So this week, the Zamboni Time Machine takes us back to 1940, the year the legendary Eddie Shore bought the Springfield Indians hockey team of the American Hockey League. 
Last week, we talked about an incident involving Eddie as a player with the Boston Bruins that would make the toughest tough guys stand in awe. As you might imagine, someone who drove from Boston to Montreal through a blizzard with half of a windshield was a pretty tough owner to play for as well. Eddie was not only Springfield's owner, he was also its publicist, general manager, and coach for most of the 27 years that he owned the team. To put it simply, at best, he was a quirky guy to play for, and at worst, he was a nightmare. Shore once opened training camp by having all of his players tap dance in a hotel lobby. We can only imagine he wanted to see how agile those players were. (laughs) As an owner, Shore believed in getting the absolute most from his money, which, of course, he was very frugal with anyways. If one of his players was not in the lineup in the game that night, that player was not going to have an easy night watching the game from the press box. Nope. That player would be down in the arena selling popcorn, blowing up balloons, or selling programs. That's what Michael can do. Yeah, there you go, right? Oh, perfect. Yeah. So he had, so he owned the team through 67? Yes. Okay, all right. So you're right in that area, right? So I'm right in that area. That's when I would have gone to the Indian Games. Maybe you bought balloons from a player. I may have. (laughs) I don't remember balloons, but. uh, Well, you know. (laughs) Clowns. For some reason, clowns come up. Oh, not surprising. (laughs) (laughs) Shore did not terrorize just his players. He once locked a referee out of his dressing room and refused to let him in because he felt the rest performance in the game that night was not up to snuff. Opposing teams were not immune either. Shore once agreed to let the Cincinnati Stingers use his arena for a morning practice before playing the Indians that night. When they showed up at the agreed-upon time, the arena was still dark as the lights were out. Eddie Shore then showed up, and the Stingers coaching staff complained about having no lights for their practice. Shore simply replied, well, wait a half an hour till the sun rises and comes through the windows. Then you'll have plenty of light. (laughs) His own players got the worst of his wrath, however, from taping their hands to their sticks to tying his goaltender to the crossbar so he would not drop down, which Shore hated, then having his teammates take shots on him to ordering uh, no contact between his players and their wives, if you know what I mean, if the player was in a slump and a myriad of other bizarre methods of running a hockey team. You simply can't make Eddie Shore up. By 1966, the players had had enough of Eddie Shore. They threatened to strike and never to return unless Shore sold the team, which he wound up doing. So the end of his run was just as infamous as his time running it. But Eddie Shore is certainly one of the most unique characters in hockey history. And that, my friends, concludes this week's trip on the Zamboni Time Machine. That's scary because I remember (laughs) playing peewee hockey and our coach, which I will not give out his name, literally strapped our goalie to the goalpost and the crossbar <laughs> for the same reason. <laughs> he learned from the great Eddie Shore. I love I it. Had, I, I, you know, and now it, like it, it's, it's clicking. I'm like, go. this guy just didn't make this up. He had to get this from somewhere. <laughs> yep. It has to be from him. It has to be. You know, that's just a small sample of what Eddie Shore did as an owner. I mean, it was just reading about all about it, it was incredible. I'm like, oh, my God. I couldn't even imagine what, even showing up to the ring for this guy. He's like, uh, you know what? I'm just quitting. That's it. It's <laughs> over. Okay. Let me go sell balloons. I'll just do that. I'm but you know who did play for him for a long time? It was Don Cherry. Really? Well, yes. Look at him. And that's look, and now look, you, look, look at him. Does it now click? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> look, look at him. <laughs> Great. I like. I like. I, oh, that's. Who, I wonder if he could come back. Have him come on ESPN. Oh my God! Could you imagine him and Torts? Oh, oh boy. That'd be oh great. boy. That would be great. That'd be must see TV. Oof. <laughs> that would be. Do you want to talk about a rating getter? Oh yeah, you God. ain't kidding, right? Re- reality <laughs> that, show. Oh, that, much more oh. than that. Trust me. <laughs> 
Uh, well, that's all I got for tonight. Um, you know, this is just, like I said, a very fun, informative show. We want to thank Kelly from the Empower Play Project for coming on. And I do want to let everybody know that uh, we are in the process of rebuilding Marty's Illegal Stick.com. Uh, I'm going to be writing some articles for it to keep us all entertained as well. So uh, we got that going for us. <laughs> so I want to thank Kelly from the Empower Play Project. I want to thank uh, Dr. Keith Lovatino, who had to leave us, but that's okay. We'll pay him part-time pay this week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> 10 times is part-time pay. You can, <laughs> you I'm can, still waiting for my paycheck. Well, you're going to keep waiting, too. You know how bad you know, the mail's I'm, been lately? You know, <laughs> I took lessons from Eddie Shore. I'm going to pay you in popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you you can find us on martysillegalstick.com. You can also find us on YouTube and all major podcast platforms under My Little Falls. And also you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Marty's Illegal Stick Hockey Podcast. So for the Professor Jeremy Roberts, for Dave the Save Warner, I'm Scott Kimball. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.